It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Time for our regular segment with the New Hampshire Bulletin, NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more from them. This week, reporter Amanda Gokey's back. Welcome. Hey, AJ. Thanks for having me. So you've had a busy week. It has. <laughs> it has been that. Yeah, so the Bulletin and uh, NHPR have partnered up for a series of debates, and uh, each debate is having one of your reporters on the, on the uh, stage, plus one of the NHPR uh, crew on there and it's there's definitely some heat going on between these guys that are on the stage and uh, I mean we'll just start off with today you you actually were one of the moderators for the uh, Senate debate between uh, Bolduc and Hassan and there's some tension there to put it gently I watched the first bit of it when when I had time today and it was it was a little intense yeah, I think both the candidates definitely had their uh, proverbial gloves off, so to speak, today, or gloves on, whatever the expression is. Um, they definitely did a lot of sparring over some of the topics that have been top of the mind for voters this this election season. So we talked about everything from abortion, obviously, it was, has been a, a huge one. Um, sort of started off the hour with issues of inflation and the economy. And I will say one sort of observation that I think was was interesting, probably typical at this at this stage, but both were really sort of interested in um, rehashing Maggie Hassan's record. So it was much more, I think both of them were sort of tending to look backwards at kind of what had already occurred and where she came down on votes with, you know, Baldock saying, I would have never voted for, you know, the, the sort of massive economic relief packages that um, Hassan has been touting. And, you know, with the CARES Act and ARPA and all the federal funding that's gone out the door um, that we've seen in the past couple of years, and obviously how economists are, are linking that now to inflation. So you did see both of them certainly trying to to look backwards. And, and there was a lot less about sort of concrete policy proposals um, for the future looking looking forward. So, yeah, I think they definitely were both um, eager to spar and kind of go back and forth on 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 those on those records. And then, you know, Hassan on her side was also um you know, trying to, to pin Balduck on, he, he's had a couple um, in terms of the election integrity issues and talking about the 2020 election, how his view has kind of been, been changing on that. Um, so she was certainly also trying to um, remind listeners and viewers of, of that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's it's totally like I was watching it. It, it. It's all just politics, like you said, like it doesn't seem there's not much for policy or this is what I'm specifically going to do. In fact, I in the section I watched, like Bolduc was asked repeatedly, well, what would you have done uh, with the Russia situation that is different or what would you do if nukes are brought to to the war zone? And he kept just just beating Hassan over and over again over things as opposed to saying actually giving an answer as to what he, he's doing from a from a political standpoint it makes sense she's the incumbent she's been in office for a bit she's was the governor previously she's very well-known uh, uh, player when it comes to New Hampshire politics and uh, Boldick is still kind of new he like 
it, it wasn't until really the this primary season that I got the feeling he really had any mainstream awareness in the state. So he he's using that to his advantage, except from the stop the steal thing, which obviously he's still uh, involved with. But it, it's very much we're going to beat the incumbent over the head over and over again. Yeah, and I think it was interesting with that as well, the foreign policy, you know, he's got this military background, and I think that was an area where we might have expected to see him speak a little bit more more clearly. It was a little hard to to understand exactly where he did come down on that um, issue, and I, and I certainly thought, you know, that, that, that would be a question I think would play to some of the narratives that he might want to talk about in terms of his own experience and expertise, just kind of have an opportunity to highlight some of that. So let's go over. You actually wrote about. It looks like there was there was some polling done around U.S. Senate election, and uh, new voters are expected to play a key role in that. And that kind of plays into uh, what we just talked about. Can you uh, dive into that? Yeah, absolutely. So this was a report. Um, the, the, some of the folks at the Carsey School, so the the public policy school um, at UNH. We're basically looking at some of the census data around voters that you know weren't here in the last election cycle. As as you know, the listeners are probably well aware, it was you know decided by just over a thousand votes Hassan's last race, and so they they were looking at okay, who, what do we know about? either people who weren't of age at that point who are now 18 and also folks who have moved to the state, you know, with the release of the census, one of the interesting things we learned is um, it is those sort of migrants who are contributing migrant, in this case, migrant voters, but newcomers to the state who are contributing to the state actually is population growth. Um, And so basically it just broke down who, those folks are and the ways that they vote. So they found that among young voters, um, those people tend to vote slightly, just a small percentage, but a slightly more liberal leaning than established voters in the state. But migrant voters who are a little bit older are, are pretty similar in terms of they're more moderate and they line up pretty well in terms of moderate voters, conservative voters and liberal voters. Um, and I believe, let me just grab that percentage for you. Okay, so 8% are younger voters who are now of age, and 19% are recent uh, migrants. So wow. combined, it's about, um, you know, 27%, 28% um, of voters in the state, folks who are eligible to vote now, are new. So almost a third Um, And and those folks, none of those folks cast a ballot in that election. So that gives you a sense of how much this could um, change things up for this upcoming election. Yeah, it'll be fascinating, especially because it it was determined by the Supreme Court, too, that students can vote here. It's been clarified how exactly students can vote here. And as someone who works at the university, I've seen the emails go out like, if you want to vote here legally, these are the steps you need to do. So it's very clearly outlined. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a pretty large amount of college students really chip in and that. That's a lot of voters. That I mean, that could really turn the tide in in how um, New Hampshire is represented going forward. Yes, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And also, you know, a key piece of this is just who turns out to vote and who ends up registering, who ends up going to vote the day of. Um, you know, we do have same day registration, so we won't even necessarily know that until the election is is upon us. 
Yeah, and ad, ads are nonstop, that's for sure. In fact, Boldick, for example, has been doing a bit better, according to some polls. And I believe the Republican National Committee is starting to actually give him money again because they pulled it back at first after the primary because he wasn't performing as well. But he turned it around a bit. So this could be really heated as we get closer and closer to Election Day. Yeah, never a dull moment, that's for sure. No, no, no. And continuing on with not a dull moment, the very uh, – uh, so the Sununu and uh, Sherman had their debate recently for gubernatorial office here in the state, Democrat versus Republican, obviously. And I, I mean, did you was there anything really surprising offhand when it came to that debate versus the Senate? Yeah, in terms of the tone, I think there what you saw, I don't know if it was so much a surprise, but I think off the bat you saw Sununu both well, but Morrison Nunu, I would say, really kind of trying to strike, strike a very cordial tone and trying to play up the sort of similarities that he had with his Democratic challenger, Tom Sherman, who was served in the uh, state Senate for a couple of terms. And, and Sherman really was having none of that um, and, and went for a much more adversarial approach. I think typical what you would expect from someone who has is facing, you know, a popular incumbent really facing an uphill battle. He was really trying to differentiate himself. And, you know, for Sununu, who's kind of this moderate Republican and, you know, certainly trying to drum up support among probably more moderate voters, undecided voters, um, you know, folks who consider themselves independents, you could see how he would want to try to illustrate like you know hey tom like we really do have all this common ground our positions aren't really all that different um after all and that sort of um devolved as the debate went on and they sort of each started really attacking the other's records and lots of finger pointing as far as you know why are we seeing high energy prices you know sherman really trying to cast the blame on on sununu they had a sort of fun a tussle where they went down this rabbit hole um, into that took us to California of all places. <laughs> they were both, you know, talking about some of the, you know, California obviously has very different energy policy um, with a lot of renewables um, and also pretty intense impacts of climate change there with wildfires. And so they sort of were having this argument over how similar New Hampshire's energy policy is to uh, California with Sununu saying, you know, if you guys elect Sherman, then we're, we're going to be just like California. And uh, Sherman saying, you know, the, the, the natural gas plants in California, they can't even operate because of how hot it is there. So there was just a, a kind of rabbit hole that that the two of them went down which was uh definitely interesting to just to hear them on on that topic i, I had not expected that <laughs> yeah that's that's hilarious especially a call out Cal bring california into the debate which um ultimately isn't a great idea for sherman personally as someone who who's a center right guy that that's like oh god the you don't want to you don't want california and their energy brought into the debate stage at all if you want to hit the the middle of the road crew and um and it, it's funny like sununu's whole shtick is I'm your buddy. Like I, I'm going to be honest with you and talk straightforward. Like a very um, mild mannered Trumpy sort of thing. Like 
I'm like you. Like I'm going to draw you in with just being friendly and just having conversation with you. It's been heated with with uh, Sherman over over the previous few months, as, or actually the last couple of years, especially ever since the abortion decision came down. Divisive concepts. His followers are brutal in the online sphere. Like like it's it's mm-hmm. fascinating seeing that difference and. Uh, Sununu's in this weird spot where he's fighting internally with the MAGA crew, the libertarians, and in the corporate Republicans. So the, it's he, I don't feel like he has any other path except for continuing on with what he's done because it's been successful. But Sherman could really bash him with some things. I would say, you know, in talking to my colleague, Ethan DeWitt, who covers education at the Bulletin, one of the things that was big news um, in his beat out of of this debate was Sununu said, you know, there's the education, quote unquote, education freedom account program um, that provides money to to families um, if they want to send their kids to a private school. Um, and he said that he would uh, support raising the the sort of there's it's an income eligible program, um, and he said he would be supportive of of raising that amount so so more families would be able to qualify. And obviously, you know, Sherman was really trying to drill down on him over that that program is I think about ten million dollars over budget, um, and so he was saying, you know, this is financially a program that's going to be harmful to the state. And you've got he was pointing to cities like Berlin, where he was saying, you know, they can't even afford to hire a chemistry teacher. So how are you going to, you know, bulk up and spend even more um, funding on this on this program? Yeah. And and I don't feel like like a big debate side, not sorry, debate as in the metaphorical, not literally on the debate stage, is the religious school aspect where so many religious schools are now receiving a lot of funding from it. The um, the, the the Democrats are just continuously going, like, you're just sending, basically funding these schools with even more money, even though they didn't necessarily need the money and every, everything like that. And it, I don't feel like the Republicans have had a solid response that's that's really gotten at least any decent coverage that makes it worthwhile. They just keep going with the uh, just family should have the choice option. When you really, if this is going to be a permanent policy and permanently funded and going to continue to need more and more money over time, the Republicans, like Sununu and such, better come up with a solid response to it because this isn't a question that's going to continue and the Democrats are not okay with where the money's going. I think the other thing that my colleague Ethan has pointed out in his reporting as well is just, you know, the if you look at sort of who is going into these programs, it's not even necessarily people who have been majority of people who have been in a public school before. So it kind of is another complicating layer to that whole idea. It's like, you know, these were people who already weren't going to be finding what they needed in the public school system. Um, so just a question about about who is actually entering into these programs. Yeah, the Republicans need to fix the messaging. Like, the big question I've brought up multiple times is if the Republicans want to have a solid message about that question is give some stories. Like, there's no stories when it comes to the students that are ending up at the religious schools using the funding. Like, what are the families able to now afford now that they're not having to spend this money? Because there is a pretty restrictive income uh, requirement for if you're going to be in that program at camera. It's like 400% of the poverty line. Do you remember offhand? 
I don't know. It, I don't it, know what that. It's, that it's something very restrictive. Like like I. I work two jobs and I make I make too much for, for, for my kid to qualify for any of the money in there. Um, it's very restrictive and the messaging on both sides has just been very um, j- just single issue oriented, which is very unfortunate in my opinion. But a bit of a tangent going on because EFAs have been, been such a strongly uh, debated thing in the state. Uh, so marijuana. I see that as the last bullet point. What, yeah. How did that go? That was where actually I'm so glad you asked. That was where my was going to go next too. So yeah, that was really interesting. I think I was surprised. I Sununu basically said now is not the time, which he has been saying that in the past, but he kind of doubled down on that and said, it's not the right time. Um, he was pointing to the opioid crisis and Sherman had a really different response. Sherman was basically like, I went down, I visited this, you know, marijuana retailer in Massachusetts. I think Massachusetts and Illinois were the two places he gave us examples that could be a model for New Hampshire moving forward. So he seems like he's on board with it. He said, you know, if you look at those two states, states that are doing this well, they're, you know, they haven't experienced an increase in um, overdose issues um and and it's revenue for the state so that was his his sort of case in in favor of it um but Tanunu was a pretty clear not not right now not for me i'm not gonna consider this in the upcoming session it's so shocking it's so shocking and has not made it in this state with with all the 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 free staters being here the democrats being obviously on board um, well, and that's the other thing that'll be really, really interesting because like some of the reporting I've done and we were you were just mentioning this, too. It's like the identity of the Re- Republican Party and some of the like the the Liberty Alliance folks. And, um, you know, you know, who knows how that Republican Party makeup, what it will look like um, in terms of who gets elected. And maybe there will be enough Republicans that are in favor of something like that. Um that it could swing it a different way, even if they, even if they get the um, majority. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they we we saw with when it came down to like we mentioned before the divisive concepts and the abortion uh, regu- regulations in the state. Like, so Nunu will just sign things sometimes if it, mm-hmm. if it gets tied in. If there's enough bipartisan support, if we we keep pushing it so hard, like as polarizing as Jeremy Kaufman and, and his crew are here in the state, they do a heck of a job with organizing. And this is this has been like a clear single issue thing for so many people in the state. Yeah, definitely. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. It'll, it'll be it'll be messy. And so we'll whoever gets in, it'll be a very interesting uh, new term the beginning of next year when everyone gets in office. All right, Amanda Gokey over at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, AJ. Go to bed, Amanda. I know you're tired from today. <laughs> Check out New Hampshire no. <laughs> com to get more from them. Uh, the episode description at nhstockradio.com will link the articles uh, that uh, we discuss as well as uh, I'll I'll be nice. I'll post the NHPR link to the to the debates too that Amanda was on. I will. I'll, I'll be I'll be collegial. It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host AJ Kirsten. We'll be right back after this.